0: space the final frontier these are the voyages of starship enterprise its five year mission to explore
1: strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone before greetings salutations and welcome back to retrek i'm captain jim with me is admiral elliot hi there and um, we're carrying on looking at the time travel stories across all of the different different yeah. incarnations of Star Trek In
0: different ways to do time travel. Yeah, and we
1: got another different one this time. Yeah. So this is Voyager season 3, isn't it? Um Yeah,
0: season 3 about halfway through.
1: Futures End parts 1 and 2. I really like this one.
0: It is it's a it's a fun episode.
1: Yeah. It's got sort of a bit Star Trek Four vibes, and
0: yeah, a lot yeah, of it. They've, they've captured a bit of the Star Trek Four vibe, and
1: yeah, it's another really good, fun one. I mean the the first thing to sort of get out of the way is, well, shouldn't can be ruling the Earth at this point, or ruling half the Earth.
0: Well, it's it's a funny one this because. When you look back at it, has this timeline actually happened?
1: Ah, that's a very good point, actually, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that then when we get to (laughs) the end of it. Yeah, this is
0: definitely a paradox, isn't
1: it? It is, yeah, that's a very good point you make. (laughs) So, let's dig into it then. So, the opening, it's one of them very, very rare Star Trek openings where you don't get anything on on the ship, you know. Usually, original series next gen, it's always on the Enterprise, DS9's on the station or the Defiant, and yeah. um, Voyager's usually on Voyager. But this is, the whole opening credits scene, even though it's very short, is on Earth in 1967.
0: 19, is it
1: 67 or 69? 67, yeah. I wrote down 67, so I might yeah, have written yeah, it down 67. wrong. And yeah, and then we don't get Voyager until after the credits, which is, you know, I think... We kind of do that on Picard and Discovery a little bit, but back then we didn't, you know. In the 90s and things, it was, you wanted to have show your ship straight away so that everybody knows what they're watching so they don't turn off before the adverts. But, yeah, so it's... Basically, we get a hippie guy and we find out who he is later on and everything. And I yeah, like, the,
0: like... Like, we find out... Like, they've tried to de-age him, haven't they? <laughs>
1: Yeah. But, but they've and just like given him them... a
0: we don't see much of his face. We just see that they've given him a long-haired wig. Yeah, they've given him a big
1: <laughs> wig and a big beard. He looks sort of like uh, at the end of Forrest Gump when he's doing yeah. his cross-country running and stuff, yeah. And he's got a tattoo, so we know who he is when we see yeah, him later on. Yeah, still same guy. Yeah, and he, he says, far out. <laughs> Which I quite like that. That sort yeah. of, it's... It,
0: it sort of fits in with sort of how you look back at that time, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, it's very sort of tongue-in-cheek and a very sort of media take on what it's like, which I think is kind of what we're going to get when we see the 90s. Like, I don't think we're seeing realistic depictions of 90s Los Angeles, but we're getting a bit of surfer culture and stuff, but we'll, yeah, we'll go over that. Yeah. then. When but we...
0: That's, that's enough hard one because like, well, should we get? Should we go back to Voyager before we go to what yeah. it's setting up?
1: So yeah, we get. It starts with Janeway playing tennis and, uh,
0: in a in a uh, ready room.
1: Yeah, which is weird. And also with these these weird futuristic looking tennis rackets.
0: Yeah, the, we've seen them before, but
1: yeah, I think. Uh, aren't what the what ones? was the game
0: called? That like, because Bashir and uh, O'Brien yeah. played.
1: Yeah. Uh well, it's racquetball, isn't it? But it. it's like space racket ball it's not yeah i think it's the same prop and this is one of them weird ones where i think the tennis racket has pretty much been perfected i don't i don't think we needed to do a futuristic looking one you know it it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense
0: Uh, i don't know because i think you had a lot of this through the 90s and the noughties where Carbon fibres were coming out into play, so you did um, have a lot of these sort sort of bats and things like that being yeah, redesigned but, from what we what the traditional
1: was. But like it's it's almost solid metal, like it's got a few holes in it, but surely part of a tennis racket is that it's a mesh, so there's a bit of give when you unless yeah. the, Unless the well, game's changed it, a bit. It's
0: space metal, so it maybe has got some uh,
1: Yeah, you're right, you're right. I didn't think that through. <laughs> so, yeah, so Jane But Way's...
0: I, I think that if you look back to sort of like the late 90s, well, 90s, 80s and that, you did see a lot of this where people were turning up to Wimbledon and have strange-looking rackets. And...
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think quite so that strange, but yeah, no, they but did.
0: There was where it gone past what we, you'd traditionally be used to, yeah, so it does make sense to be doing things like that
1: yeah I mean eh, for me it's like in
0: Picard they did it the other way around when they kept the sunglasses the same this as this is it yeah what we'd recognise because sunglasses have, have reached a peak of where they can be
1: yeah unless
0: you go for a silly design
1: and people complained about that as well so yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't win really you can't win either way but then we get the the sensing something, and so basically they think it's a Federation ship coming out of this rift.
0: Well, it's got it's giving off a subspace transmission that's a Federation signature. Yeah,
1: and it's this—it's
0: it, a spatial rift. That's um, I wrote this down. It's a spatial rift with a graviton matrix, and it's a man-made graviton matrix.
1: Right. So that all, yeah. Voyager was always good with its... <coughs> With its techno babble, on it? It didn't.
0: Well, I, this is something I quite like, actually, because, like, if you look at it, we've had a slingshot through the sun is, ab- is about, with a cold start of a warp engine. Yeah. Is about the closest explanation of how to do time travel. We've had magic time stones.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> now we have a, a space rift with magic gravity matrix. Yeah. <laughs> they never, they don't actually try to explain how you do time travel. No,
1: and it's... I think that's probably wise, but the the thing that always gets me about it is that, and it happens in this episode as well, is they'll get sent back, and there's always like a race against time, if you'll pardon the pun, but it's always like, we've got to get through that rift before it closes, or can we reopen the rift? It's like, don't worry guys, because if you can't go back the way you can, there's a thousand other ways you can do it.
0: Well, yeah, like, we we know that there's lots of ways that time travel ha- can be done.
1: Yeah, but they always ignore them when they're actually in the episode. Like, there's, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it as part of this time travel series, but the DS9 one past tense where it's so much to do with the transporter and the like, we've only got three more attempts to beam them back through. It's like, no, just do a slingshot round the sun and you so can spend as fine. much time as you want, but... And it's... It wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't for in Star Trek 4 where McCoy's just really laid back about He's like, Oh, sure, you do a slingshot around the sun, you know?
0: <laughs> well, that's it. It's like, and McCoy's scared of everything to do with yeah. space travel. And in, and um,
1: in what is it, Operation... Not Operation Annihilate, uh, Assignment Earth, you've got the Enterprise saying, we've gone back to observe the past at Starfleet's orders. Yeah. So it's obviously easy to do, you know, but anyway...
0: Yeah. Like that was early days after the had was like, it it was just after they'd accidentally done it.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing, as we've said before, like I think with a lot of the original series, they were still finding the way, and a lot of what we take as like diehard Star Trek lore didn't really get established until next gen. So yeah, you've got to be a bit more lenient with yeah, the I original think in the series. Of,
0: you know, if you've got to say that they don't just if you. Few episodes before, so um, a couple of months previously, discovered how to do time travel
1: Yeah, this
0: way. And so there probably wasn't any temporal directives or anything. No,
1: that's it, it because like the Vulcans didn't even believe in it, did they, in well, Enterprise? The enterprise so... They were
0: saying time travel was <laughs> impossible.
1: Exactly. So it's they've probably not established the rules, but someone who does have the rules is Captain Braxton. And he says, "I'm here to destroy Voyager because you cause all the problems." And yeah, this kind of quietly gets sort of dropped, doesn't it? As we go along, it's oh no, it won't Voyager. It will my ship.
0: Well, he, he changes, doesn't he? He changed his mind that yeah that but... like he he's found everything Voyager, mm. so he's gone back to stop Voyager doing it. He's been that, so he's ended up getting thrown back in time. Someone stole his ship. They're going to go to the 29th century. Yeah. Still caused the explosion, so you've got a causality loop.
1: But where that, did the Voyager debris come from then? Because Voyager doesn't get blown well, up at any well, point. Well, at some
0: point, Voyager obviously has gone through the rift, right? In in one of the loops. Okay. Got, it, I think we've got we've got a funny causality loop that. Yeah. There's been Voyager debris. It could be there. So it's assumed that it's cost of Voyager. So it's gone back to stop Voyager. Yeah. But then he, something else has happened. That timeline has changed. So Voyager hasn't gone to the 29th century. Right. But his ship is going to go to the 29th century and still cause the right. explosion. So the timeline has changed. But the end result is still the same.
1: Right. One of them ones. It, it's a
0: causality <laughs> loop.
1: Yeah. This would be one is of them how he, ones is how
0: he explains it.
1: This would be one of them ones that the the guys from Trials and Tribulations won't like. They'd be like No, no. they wouldn't like
0: it. <laughs> they won't be cracking a smile at it.
1: No. So it blows up anyway and Voyager gets sucked into the rift. And they end up, as we find out, 1996 Earth. And chakotay has got a really good insightful line here that shows why he's you know, why he's the second in command. Uh, whoever it is reading the readout says it's Earth in 1996, and Chakotay goes, "The late 20th century." Like <laughs> Do you reckon? <laughs> so it's, you can see what I, you know why they need his expertise on everything. Really do, yeah. And although ha- to be fair, he did stop the time ship from blowing them up. Yeah, he did. He did. We'll give him his dues. Um, and then Harry gets put in charge in this episode, he's he's made, yeah, Well, he's this given is the, the first comp. time
0: he's left in charge, in it? Yeah.
1: So, surely, you know, you shouldn't be leaving Ensign's in charge, surely he deserves a promotion or something for that, but...
0: No, because anybody called Harry <laughs> has to be an Ensign forever. Right. It's one of these really obscure uh, uh regulations. Yeah, yeah. So his, Harrys must be an innocent.
1: So his parents obviously didn't think he'd go into Starfleet, and then no. it's too late to change his name <laughs> when he got there. And I like the you do get a little bit of continuity here because they they go for Tom as their expert, and this is one of his his things that he's always been a an expert well, yeah, on like well, retro he's stuff. Got, he's and, got a
0: hobby of it, and he likes the 20th century
1: yeah. stuff. So I thought that's really good because quite often Voyager forgets to reference its past things and, you know, don't worry too much about the continuity. But that's good, that makes sense. And they don't do, it's not like the big goodbye where they go, oh, here's this fella who's the fiction expert and bring him on. Yeah, our
0: expert in fictional
1: literature. Yeah. Yeah, they've got. that's
0: exciting stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't get much to do. He'd have been alright when Moriarty were there, but um, yeah, he didn't make it that far, did he? So well, never mind.
0: No, he, they could have done with him then.
1: Exactly, he'd have been great at that. But So Tom's the expert, that's really good. It it moves really fast, because this is one of these where we want to get him onto the planet so we can have like the fish out of water stuff. And yeah. They beam down. There's some interesting fashion choices going on, like Chakotay's got his white suit which is like
0: to be fair though um it was this is actually was the episode done 96 or 97 oh
1: yeah it was done it, it, they, they've gone so back to They've
0: actually gone to back to when the episode's been made yeah so yeah they've maybe gone coming coming it's uh wear your own clothes to work day
1: yeah maybe so i can see robert Beltran rocking that look and if that is yeah. the case then tim russ has nailed it he's i love <laughs> two vox gear in this one <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's probably been uh, wear-your-own-clothes-to-work day. Yeah,
1: just come on in, whatever you're wearing. But yeah, Tim Russ is rocking it. And chicote has got this weird sort of sleeves. It sounds like I'm picking on Chicote, I probably am. But he he's has never that... never done that before. No, no. He has that bit where he's looking at the beach babe sort of thing, and he's like... And Janeway says something like, oh, she could be my great great grandmother." He's like, well, she's got your legs. <laughs> It's like stop hitting on her. Yeah. Come on, you had your chance when you were on that planet with that monkey.
0: Well, we don't know if anything actually happened on that planet, do we?
1: Not officially, but but yeah.
0: I think so. I think something did on that
1: planet. Yeah, I think you've expressed that before. So yeah, yeah. Maybe, but maybe maybe that's it. Maybe Chikote wants to rekindle it a little bit, and um, yeah,
0: I'm sure it was better than a. Uh experience with Paris in threshold.
1: Yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> Did you see all that stuff? Because it was uh, American Mother's Day, wasn't it? And um, Yeah. I saw stuff like pictures of Janeway and Little Iguanas sort <laughs> of <laughs> saying Happy Mother's Day. Because they were quite good. Some decent memes going round. And then we get introduced to um, Rain, isn't it, she's called? Yeah, that... well, we
0: see Draxton uh, first. Stokeway.
1: Oh, do we? Yeah, oh, course. He's yeah, putting,
0: he's putting up uh, posters. The end of the world is nigh. Yeah,
1: that's it. It's,
0: it's like a ho- homeless hobo.
1: He's a little bit like um, the mayor out of Back to the Future. How he's, you know, in the future, he ends up as a a homeless guy, sort of thing. Yeah, he's got that going on. So yeah, they start following him and trying to work out because so they they've got a scanner, have not they? And it's. Where they're trying to track, they think yeah, they're looking um, for the ship, but they're actually picking him up, sort of thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get Rain, who's played by Sarah Silverman, who went on to be quite a huge like stand-up comedian. You know, she's a
0: oh, she's really,
1: really big, big deal.
0: She has <laughs> a, a big chat show on American TV. Uh, yeah, she's good. A Sarah Silverman show on. She has a couple of shows running.
1: Yeah, I really like her. I've seen some of her stand up and things. I think she's good, but I think she's yeah, great. She's great in this role as well. Yeah, I think she plays.
0: I think she's a great character in this role. Yeah,
1: and I, I really like the chemistry with her and Tom. I think it, you know it's better than it is between Tom and Bilana, But yeah, I, I think it's really, really well done. You know, one of the things Star Trek does a lot is. They have characters who meet someone and they fall in love by the end of the episode, and and it you just don't buy it. But I think these two, you do buy that there's a.
0: Well, they've got similar tastes and stuff. Yeah, there.
1: it's really good.
0: Like it, it's bizarre. Like when he meets when they meet Sarah or when they meet Rain and all that, he they're pretending to, that they don't know what they're doing, and he keeps slipping up that. Yeah he's an astrophysicist he majored in astrophysics
1: yeah and so I-
0: he corrects on a but then he notices a poster on the wall and it's the orgy of um,
1: yeah, the, or- the orgy
0: of the living dead yeah and I looked this up and it's it's a completely fictional is it movie that they've put together for right. this episode and poster and it's bizarre because it is actually a movie orgy of the dead oh right <laughs> it's a B movie from 1965 <laughs>
1: Maybe it's... Yeah, maybe it's they couldn't... They didn't want to have to pay the licence to show a real one, but it's, yeah, it's a knob to it. Like,
0: surely there must be something in, in their back catalogue.
1: Oh, you think so. Paramount, Paramount, yeah. Yeah,
0: Paramount, yeah. Surely we've got an old B-movie from the 50s or 60s we could put a
1: poster up on. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, and it's a weird one that they chose Orgy of the loop because obviously Orgy yeah. conjures up images that are not for prime time viewing. Well, and... well,
0: Orgy of the Dead is actually an erotic B movie. Oh, yeah, it sounds on like one. Well. It, it is.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, to choose that as your title and have Tom as a big fan of it, and, yeah, yeah. it's... The, the,
0: the clever thing they've done is later on in the episode and... Um, Rain showing in uh, Book of the Bee movies. Yeah, yeah. And the back cover is uh, has uh, the same poster, Orgy of the Walking Dead. Ah. So they've gone to the trouble of this fictional movie Yeah, of making the poster and also putting it on, making a, fi- a book that ha- has it on the cover as well.
1: Yeah, that is... It is- that's, like you say, it'd be much easier to just pick one that they they could have used from the archives. But yeah, no, good attention to detail. And it shows, obviously, somebody's having fun with this, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh, it, well, we, we said we, this is a good fun it episode. It is, yeah.
1: And then we we meet the hippie guy again, who's now this big business tycoon. Yeah,
0: he's...
1: And he, he's going to be our villain, really, for the... Well, he is the villain. Yeah, for the two episodes. And it starts with rain sort of reports to him, and uh, you know I've picked up this thing in orbit. And he says, "Don't send the transmission," but she does.
0: Yeah, which I think like there's, whoever's at the com turns around. Oh, we're getting a trans uh, a greeting uh, from the planet. Should I answer it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's um, and good on
0: Harry. Goes no. Yeah,
1: he's got the right idea. But um, what they actually comes through is very much like I don't know if it's exactly but it, it's very similar to what they put on like the Voyager probe you know with this greetings from the people of Earth and all the classical yeah. music and all that stuff so it's obviously like what whatever the equivalent of first contact was in this fictional version of 1996 is like right if aliens turn up send them this signal but she's not yeah. supposed to but she does.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with sending the signal.
1: Oh, yeah, it fits in totally with her character and everything. And I like where it leads and everything. Um, So then there's this great bit with Tom where they're talking about we need to go here, here, and here. And he's like, well, you know, nobody walks in Los Angeles. And he says, we're going to need some wheels. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he's he's getting right down with the, the lingo straight away.
0: Yeah, Tuvok's upset with him, isn't he? Because uh, they've stolen a hire car.
1: Yeah, now that is a scene that we should have got.
0: We should have had that scene. That would have been nice to see. That would have been brilliant. Because
1: I I got the impression, rather than a hire car, is it one where you go to a showroom and you take it for a test drive?
0: Yeah, I, I got that
1: impression. So that Tom's. Taken, Tom's. That, n-
0: taken, that he's taken a showroom car. Yeah, and he's driven on uh, a two box like, you might disrupt the timeline. All this other stuff they're doing and talking yeah. to people and all and that. Like, but no. taking a car is what he's bothered
1: about. Yeah, exactly. And see, that would have been a brilliant comedic scene, having Tom blagging the guy to get a test drive and two Tuvok just staring daggers at him and <laughs> the guy in the showroom being like, well, why do both of you need to get in, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's also... I'd have loved if they'd have put that bit in. But I swear even though it's a two-part episode, there's not really time Though there is a subplot later on I'd quite happily dropped, but we'll get there. And then Captain Ransom then, so he explains it all and he does the classic Doc Brown getting the chalk and drawing on the wall. Yeah, well,
0: this is where he explains the causality loop. Yeah. A, B to C.
1: To that A again. That
0: happened, so he went to do B, so C's happened yeah. instead. But it's still the same outcome.
1: Yeah, so it's I like... It's a really simple way of doing it, but it's effective and it doesn't... It means we don't get bogged down with loads of... loads of, of techno and... Yeah, exactly. We can just get on with it and we can enjoy the ride sort of thing. And um, the w- bit more with Starling, like, I like, again, going back to Back to the Future, he's a little bit like Biff in Back to the Future too, isn't he? He's, <laughs> he's got all this knowledge of the future and he's using it to become... A massive... Yeah,
0: but, like, immediately, is like, Rain, at this point, he's found out that, um, she's tried contacting the ship, yeah. and she's also told a professor somewhere else he's got this phone call. Yeah. So his immediate thing to do is send over his henchman to kill him. Yeah, exactly. Him. It's like, what?
1: Yeah, but that's... <laughs> You've
0: but... you just denied it. Surely that's all you have to do?
1: <laughs> You'd think so. But, yeah, this is... <laughs> This is classic villain. He's got a heavy who he sends to take care of it, sort of thing. Yeah,
0: and his heavy, obvious and his heavy knows all about the 29th century. Oh,
1: obviously, stuff.
0: yeah. Got, well, he's got a, a future phaser.
1: Oh yeah, he has. Because they say we might need to use the weapon and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's very cheesy, but again, it it gets the job done, and it's good fun stuff. And. It leads to, you know, when they get there with a stolen car and everything, we, we get a bit of a firefight and everything. And they end yeah,
0: up. Yeah, and Two Box shows exactly why he's chief of security. Go on. From a distance, shooting from the hip, he shoots the uh, heavy's uh, gun straight out of his hand.
1: There you go. See, that's better than wolf ever manages in next gen. <laughs>
0: it is.
1: <laughs> and the escaping the blue VW, so yeah, that's Back to the Future as well, that's what the yeah. the Libyan terrorists drive around in, and I love all these scenes with Tuvok and Tom and Rain, and, you know, they're telling her we're spies, and stuff like that. The secret agents. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a bit with Janeway, where she's working on the technology, and says it's like stone knives and bearskins, which, isn't that what Spock said in City on the Edge of Forever? Yeah. So that's a nice callback as well.
0: Yeah, like, I, like, I've got a big problem here with uh, styling and this technology. Yeah. Like, he's found it in 67, and, like, you get the impression he's been letting bits go out for quite a long time, Yeah, much yeah. since 67 he's been dribbling out technology. Yeah. But if you found something like that, it wouldn't understand it. It wouldn't no. know how to duplicate the technology.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Like, I mean,
0: it, like we're talking something nine hundred years in his future.
1: I suppose a lot of it would be voice activated. So if he just yeah, said, but "Show me," yeah, you're
0: talking about uh, how's he copying microchips? How's he got microchips from what they're using?
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's one of them. You've just got to go, with, you it. go with it. I mean, yeah,
0: like the this was brought up in one of the next gen episodes where the guy was trying to steal future tech.
1: Oh, Got yeah, yeah.
0: Older of a Time Ship. I can't remember the name of the
1: episode. Yeah. A Matter of Time, I think, maybe. It could be. Yeah.
0: But, but they're back. you wouldn't understand how to work it.
1: Oh, he does. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I mean... Because that's the other thing, is he's like, I want to go back to the 29th century and get even better technology. And it's like, well, surely everything you've got on that ship is enough to sustain you for your lifetime. Like, well,
0: say, if it's only up to microchips...
1: Yeah, all you needed to do were invent Facebook and you'll be minted, yeah, you know?
0: Like, I get the impression that this is a timeline that no longer exists.
1: Yeah, it could well be, and the end does... Sort of point to that, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: because I think like he's he's got hollow emitters in his office and stuff like that. Yeah, like in '96, it's very far fetched. Is that
1: because that's the other thing as well? Is even if he was using advanced technology, so even if you say right at the end of this, he's done with his technology. Don't go any further. People would imitate it and would copy it and reverse engineer it and yeah. And th- there's an interesting idea raised though that they say is the computer age of the 20th century is it purely because of this like we would yeah. have never developed unless and Yeah then...
0: well like I I think that some I think that we still have a computer age because yeah. we have had a computer age but I think the one that we're seeing in this episode is more advanced this than what been we, where we were further. in the
1: 90s Yeah well, it is, like you say, with hollow Man, I suppose he's not selling the holograms. He, he no. just uses that for his own... Yeah. And so, then we get, like... There's a nice bit where Janeway says, I, when I became a captain, I always wanted to avoid time problems. <laughs> like, well, bad luck, Janeway, because there's a lot more coming.
0: Yeah, there's quite... She gets involved quite a lot. In yeah. Fact, she gets quite, uh, quite famous for it, doesn't she? Yeah, time, she certainly
1: time. does. And... We end up with Voyager flying through the city, which is an awesome visual.
0: Oh, it is! It's it, it it's nice that they do this.
1: Yeah, I really like it, and and I think for you know 1996 TV budget special effects, it still looks really good.
0: Yeah, like I, I'm trying to think if there's not actually a lot of special effects in this episode. No, like we have we have the the time ring of the battle we just see them shaking about on the bridge yeah we don't see the crash of the timeship ship in 67 we just hear an explosion from true it. And, yeah and and the mountain or whatever it is that is camping underneath rocking yeah but there's not actually a huge amount of special effects in this episode
1: no so it maybe all went on the that bit yeah
0: yeah and the and the shuttle later
1: oh yeah so there's some nice cute bits as well, like it's a bit where Neelix and Kez are watching like daytime TV. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which is and cool. he's getting into the soap opera.
1: Yeah, I like that. And then it's it's not like the best of both worlds edgy, seat cliffhanger, but it's a really good cliffhanger as someone's filmed Voyager. Yeah and it's,
0: yeah, it's, it's breaking news. Yeah,
1: I really like that. That's Again, it's just a fun cliffhanger to take us into yeah. part two.
0: Well, it isn't like it's an end of season, is it? It's no. only one week to the next.
1: But it's, it's a good one and it raises loads of interesting ideas and it sets us up nicely for where we're going to go. And you've also got the Doctor. The first time we see him in the episodes when he ends up on Earth, so...
0: Yeah, well, like, it gets me that... Um, like he's supposedly got all this ultra sophisticated equipment and all that and he's using 29th century technology. Yeah. But this is made in the nineties. And Janeway's uh Wow, this is a, he's got a huge database here and then he references it that she's taken three hundred gigabytes Yeah. <laughs> on, on, sorry, three thousand gigabytes. Yeah. 3,000 gigabytes isn't a lot nowadays. No,
1: not nowadays. <laughs> We're
0: only in the early 21st century. That's
1: true, but yeah, you can have... It just
0: shows how it's how it's moved so fast.
1: Yeah, you'd get about three copies of the latest Assassin's Creed game on it or something, yeah. you know. Well, probably a bit more, but yeah. Um. So then, into part two then, basically, they've got to stop styling and they've got to stop the media from rumbling them and everything. So we get this thing that... We get this a lot in Star Trek time travel where the second half of the episode or the movie, in the case of Star Trek 4, is pretty much right. We've got to clean everything up again before we go so that we don't corrupt the timeline.
0: Well, They're quite good, actually. This is actually a really good two-part. Voyager is is, good for two parts.
1: Yes, it is.
0: The second part is as much fun as the first part was.
1: Yeah and it it floods i first saw this one edited together as a sort of as a movie yeah. and it works really well
0: yeah it does you can watch i've i've watched it like back to back and yeah because i watch it on netflix
1: yeah just it just go goes straight on recap yeah it exactly does that,
0: and titles so you just straight
1: in. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it <laughs> does. It works really, really well. Because a lot of Star Trek two-parters you'll have, the second half doesn't always live up to it. Whereas this no. one is a solid two-part episode. So, yeah. there's.
0: Like I said, most of Voyager two-parters are like yeah, that, though. They yeah. They're very good at two-parters.
1: Particularly the ones that are not the season bookends. You know, the ones that they drop in in the middle of the seasons yeah. are great. Probably because they. They're written at the same time, so it's not yeah, like and, and
0: probably the same writer.
1: Yeah, so we're not just setting up a big cliffhanger and then worrying about it later, yeah. Um so there's the cool stuff with the doctor that he's got he's able to move about, but Starling's got this thing that it can cause him pain effectively.
0: Yeah, he can alter his um tactile tactile routines. Yeah. So it's pain.
1: So really. that I mean Again yeah. it, it's good because it adds a bit of danger to the doctor otherwise it would just yeah. be well I'm not telling you anything so go away.
0: But this is nice as well cuz this is um, the episode where the doctor gets his freedom from Sick Bay.
1: Yes, exactly and that's something that does stay throughout the rest of the series. So yeah. It's a the good
0: holo- the mobile emitter was a really good idea. It was.
1: Yeah, and it must have been good for Robert Picardo to be like, "Oh, finally I can
0: I can do some other stuff. Like, and... yeah, he's
1: had a couple of holodeck appearances, but, yeah, yeah, to actually get about and be able to interact with the crew properly. Yeah,
0: and I can go on away missions and...
1: Yeah, it must have been really liberating for him. Um, there's like, a.
0: Co- I imagine that, were, that they thought it was a cool idea, the emergency medical holograph. Mm. And it is... It, I think the Doctor's a great character. I do, yeah. But it, it very quickly becomes very restricting that your Doctor is stuck... In one place. That's it. You've a, got a, this main character you can't take on your
1: mission. Yeah, you've got to injure somebody every week to get him. Yeah. get him into the show. Um, so there's yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on. Like there's there's a good joke that um, Starling has as he thinks they're there to steal his ship and everything. And
0: yeah,
1: he he has a joke about overpaid psychoanalysts. And <laughs> I wonder. I don't know, but. Was that the writers maybe having a dig at someone? Because at this point, sort of, late 90s Hollywood psychoanalytics was very, very popular, and a lot well, of people the doctor were... Well,
0: says, says that as well, doesn't he? Yeah, there that was... there's a huge amount of...
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people having it done. I wonder if this is maybe a veiled dig at somebody that the writers well, knew, or...
0: Possibly, but, like, you watch a lot of American TV shows... And everyone seems to have a psychiatrist to go to or a therapist.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean,
0: it seems like it's a normal thing that once a month they feel the need that and they need a therapist.
1: Yeah, but then a lot of the TV shows we're talking about deal with very middle class or upper class people, and it, you know, it's not something that the the working class would generally have access no, to.
0: But it does seem that. Like I'm sure there's not that sort of thing in this country. No,
1: that I mean I think it was it was trendy in the '90s to go see a psychologist and <laughs> you know all this business and yeah, fine if, if if that's what you know. I've used counselors in the past and they can be great. So, but if that's a thing, then good on them. I mean, Tom Cruise would probably disagree. Don't believe in psychoanalysis, but we won't. Uh. We won't well, get too much into that.
0: He does need it. <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> no, because he's, he's a level seven operating thetan, so don't he do not need it. That's the point. Oh, right. Yeah. I there's, think
0: yeah, being a level seven operating thetan is uh, <laughs> yeah. a reason for needing yeah, it. That's
1: your proof you need it. <laughs> um, there's a good bit where Bilana. Anybody not
0: knowing what that is saying, um, Tom Cruise, we're not having to go at any religious nope. beliefs ever. But Scientologists... Yes. He believes that... Oh, you know this better than me, Uh, It's
1: something... um, So, in every person's body is what's called a Thetan. And that's like an ancient being that was created when an alien put people in a volcano and dropped nuclear bombs on it. And you have to get in touch with your Thetan and that's... You move up through operating Thetan levels and... Tom Cruise is the, the highest operating one in the world, apparently. And Isn't it, he
0: also the uh, biggest stoner to the Scientologists it, he in is,
1: the world? He is. I'm not it, sure that I'm, there's any correlation. But there's
0: no correla- correlation nope. whatsoever for that.
1: But the, he just happens but to he has be... He's he given the most money. He's given him a lot of money, and he just happens to be the level 7 Thetan. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's one of these things. Um, but yeah, we'll... Um, We'll move on from Tom Cruise but yeah maybe psychoanalysis said <laughs> uh he wants to make a film he wants to make a film set in space but he wants to film it in space now apparently hmm. like him and Elon Musk are apparently going to go up and film an action film in zero gravity
0: well if they've got uh, uh, it'd be interesting to see
1: yeah good on him if he wants to do but it if
0: they, if they do it uh, but i I think the reality is um a lot of what we're used to seeing of action movies in space and space battles...
1: Yeah.
0: ...will actually be very different in yeah, reality. It's,
1: it's actually going to be... how
0: things move. The, the probably closest to how spacecraft will actually move in battle in space... It's what we saw with the the fighters in Babylon Five. Yeah, with the thrusters on the wings, how they rotate.
1: Yeah, and Babylon Five did a lot about like the capital ships didn't have didn't always have gravity, did they? Like the no. it was only like the the station that had gravity because it was turning. And yeah. Um, anyway, we'll see what Tom's inter-space film's like. We'll see how he, he cracks on with that. That's one thing I won't take away from him, though. When he does his stunts, he doesn't half go for it. And He
0: does, and he does his own stunts.
1: And it's, oh, he
0: does his own stunts as much as he's allowed to. Yeah, phenomenal. And probably further than he's normally be allowed to.
1: Yeah. like That latest Mission Impossible is a bit where he's riding a motorbike the wrong way round the Arc de Triomphe roundabout, It's like, I wouldn't ride a motorbike the right way around that roundabout, it's that dangerous, but anyway, (laughs) good on him. Uh, um, Anyway, back to Star Trek then, so, there's a good bit where Belana and Chakotay are talking about how they'd fit into 20th century life.
0: Yeah, this is...
1: And like, Chakotay says, I'd be an archaeologist. Yeah,
0: uh, I I could win a Nobel Peace Prize.
1: Yeah, where's all this come from? (laughs)
0: Has it, have we got anything about him being an
1: archaeologist? I don't remember anything, but you... Like I know
0: he has his uh, ancient Indian relics that he has with him all the
1: time. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. but So yeah, it
0: could be it, something to do with that.
1: I mean, yeah, maybe. an archaeo- I think he thinks he's going to be like Indiana Jones, but he he's not. <laughs> it's just not going <laughs> to happen. Um... So then yeah, we get lots of good action as well, like the beam styling out of the limo, but it gets caught in the buffer and they transfer yeah. it to Voyager and Voyager pulls him through and he's got this thing but the like will deactivate it mid beam and all that. You know, there's some good stuff going on. Well,
0: that is sort of like established in it, that we can yeah, yeah. deactivate weapons mid beam and
1: stuff. Yeah. And it's, he's got a bit where like he hacks Voyager and stuff because he's got the future well, technology yeah, and
0: yeah when they're trying to beam up the time ship yeah yeah that's that well that's how he gets sold as a doctor
1: yes exactly yeah it's no it's it's there's some really interesting ideas now we are getting onto the bit of the episode that I'm not keen on and this is all this business with Chakotay and B'Elanna and they get captured by these survivalists.
0: Yeah, it's sort of redneck survivalist. And there seem to be,
1: like, conspiracy nuts and, like, the the government is the beast and... Yeah. it It's just, where well, did that come from? Well, that's
0: well, Yeah, it's, like, it's really bizarre, it's, but...
1: It's really... I think the only
0: purpose it serves is the Doctor gets to go and save
1: them. Yeah, which is cool. And, you know, that's a nice scene and everything, but it... Just thematically, it's so dark compared to the rest of the yeah. episode it's like they've stumbled into the middle of waco or something and yeah. you're like what is going on <laughs> and then she goes he's like oh. I, was think-
0: I was thinking about this and like it's obviously red rednecks yeah these guys and a lot of rednecks in america or how we get shown it on the media i could be completely wrong. yeah
1: the-, the media perception yeah yeah
0: is like a lot of them are like this with the guns and... Yeah. Uh, they not into the... They don't uh, believe in the government. And no. The and to get them. But I was thinking about this. I wonder how these rednecks are now. Because a lot of the rednecks are the guys who got Trump into power. <laughs>
1: yeah. So
0: they've now got the government into power. So are they okay now? They trust it. The yeah, they probably...
1: Well, logically, it would follow that they now trust it and everything. And yeah. it's... It's the Liberals now who are hiding from the government, but... Yeah,
0: I think... But yeah, it just... It, it, We're not... I don't think we should get into...
1: No, we won't get too much into politics, that. but it's an interesting idea, but... It, um, But yeah, these guys just don't feel like they belong in this episode. It's a really yeah, dark it, it, turn it, it's, all it's of a sudden, a, and it doesn't really go anywhere. No, it
0: it's, doesn't... Like I said, the only thing it shows is that the doctor gets to drop his one liner yeah. and make a an house call. Which
1: is cool. But you could have done that without delving into this thing that Yeah. It feels like you need to do a bit more with this if you're gonna bring them sort of elements in. Yeah, um it, it, you know, it
0: so like it's almost if you had the junior script writer, Oh well you can write a yeah, we, chapter.
1: We need something for Belana and Chakotay to do for t- for ten minutes, and we want the doctor to be cool rescuing them. Off you yeah. go. It's the sort of thing that used to happen to Jack's daughter in twenty four, where they couldn't think of anything to do with her for a couple of episodes, so they'd have they'd have a guy kidnap her for a bit, you know. And it yeah. just it doesn't add anything. It's just, uh, yeah, like drop that bit and give us Tuvok and Tom Nick in a car. Yeah. That had a that had a done me, that, but it would. Know, I think
0: that's I think that's the one scene that we can agree that it's yeah, missing this episode. It's
1: yeah, exactly. I'd love to have seen that bit, but anyway, that doesn't take up too much of the episode, and we get on. You know, you get this stuff. Stalin manages to escape, and you get Rain and Tom having a bit of a kiss and everything. You get a cool car chase. Cut out, James. Oh, sorry. Uh, so saying, you get you get a cool car chase and you get Tom and Rain get a case and there's a load of good stuff going on and um, Harry gets given the bridge again.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I thought, like, it does happen this quite a lot as Voyager moved forward that Harry gets left in charge. In fact, it got to a point where he uh, ran one of the shifts, which is odd because whenever there was main action going, it was one of the main bridge characters, Characters with he, if it was Dakota on duty or Janeway on duty, yeah, but it was also running the shifts. So if they're working a four shift pattern, <laughs> so they have rest time and all that, he has no rest time because three of the shifts is on, the,
1: yeah, he's playing he's junior role, <laughs> yeah. You see, he's he's working overtime, he's spreading <laughs> himself all over the place, but he's not, he's still not he's getting not that promotion. The
0: Blaney sisters, oh, of on course, the bridge yeah. all bloody time.
1: Hey, you know, he's—he. This is what a ship needs: really hard-working people who don't push for promotion. They're happy just contributing, and that—that's Harry. That's what he does. So it ends up with Starling's trying to travel to the future in his ship, and they chase him away from orbit and everything.
0: Well, we have the cool, like, let's go off to the, to the car chase.
1: Oh, sorry, go on. We've
0: got the seven. We've got the second major um, special effect in this episode. Oh, yeah. Because. They think they're chasing the time ship. Yeah. On this truck, you've got Rain and uh, Paris are in the VW van. Yeah. Because obviously that's a great chase car.
1: Well, it is the Libyan but terrorist. they're chasing user. after it, they're
0: closing, and Tom's getting me closer so I can fire it, and thinks he's done the job and put the brake down. Yeah. After he's shot it, but he thinks that they've done enough to stop it, and then it comes back at them over the hill and they're stuck in the middle of the road. Yeah. And they're going to get hit by this truck. It's going straight at them. And then out of nowhere, Tuvok comes in in the shuttle and blows up the truck. (laughs) And there's no messing. That henchman is gone. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it is quite cool. Yeah, it It, is. It looks like they actually blew up
1: a truck this episode. No, it definitely did. And it is cool to see stuff like that. And, you know, again, it's just fun. It's not... There's no sort of edge to it or anything. It's just a... A real crowd-pleasing episode, this one. It,
0: it is. It, it's like, I know there's people who don't... I I. I enjoy Voyager more than you do. Yeah, but I know there's a lot large. of people who give Voyager a lot of stick. But if you're going to watch a Voyager episode, watch this one, because it's oh, good
1: fun. Yeah, this one's unreservedly great fun. And, you know, I, I do think Voyager has its weaknesses, particularly with, like, character development and things like that. But... Everything in this one's spot on, like we said. Using Tom because he's an expert, and yeah, you know, Tuvox not his humour, but the humour that comes from Tuvox. It's all very, very yeah, well he's done. He's a great,
0: he's a great straight man.
1: He is, yeah.
0: Like I like when he's gone for uh, breakfast, yeah, and he comes back with burritos and hot dogs, yeah. <laughs> just doesn't
1: understand (laughs) no it's great and he's channeling a bit of Spock there as well and you know where Spock went back in time he's got this sort of bewildered thing going on with it all and to the end then the sort of last big action scene and stuff and again it's a bit it doesn't entirely make sense but it's good fun is Janeway has to go launch this special torpedo and everything and
0: well she has to go launch the torpedo manually
1: yeah but again, you see.
0: St- like but how he goes, I can reroute controls to ops.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we
0: can press a button from there. And it's like, no, there's no time for that. I must take the turbo lift yeah. down and, and it launch it, it manually.
1: And it has to be the captain. I'm not going to get one of the red shirts to do it. But it's got to be the captain because we want <laughs> to have a fun hero action scene at the end. Yeah. So, and in this episode, that's fine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's it's like Harry, Harry straight away. I can reroute the, the launch command to, yeah. to another console. No problem. No, there's no time for no, that. No, don't do
1: that. No, all I've got to do is press this button. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll
0: get I'll take the turbo
1: link. Exactly. Several decks. <laughs> but she does it and she saves the day. But
0: now, this is interesting because when we first saw the timeship and we assume the timeship is working foot fine yeah even though Voyager disabled its weapons it went back in time to 1967 it crashed hard enough (laughs) to rock a mountain
1: yeah
0: (laughs) but it's it's 100% operating yeah
1: yeah yeah. well maybe maybe it's
0: why don't they have shields
1: maybe it's self-repairs
0: it, it, I just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah, but
1: that's a good it point. Crashed
0: hard enough in 1967 to rock a mountain.
1: But it, yeah, but it doesn't have shields to. Mm, <laughs> to yeah,
0: to beat a torpedo. I don't,
1: maybe that, knock with the shields out. It's that's like a a motorbike crash helmet. Like you get one use, and if maybe. it ab, if it absorbs the crash, that's it done. Yeah, maybe I don't it's know. a
0: bit of working and not others.
1: Yeah. And then, well,
0: like I think, it, I actually believe from how this thing crashed and ha- and crashing hard enough to shake a mountain that it probably should have been smashed to little bits in
1: 1967. Maybe so. Either that or the torpedo shouldn't have done anything, but it is a yeah. special torpedo, so yeah. And then Braxton. So this is where I think you're probably right that none of this really happened because. Braxton says, "Well, I don't remember that timeline where I was the old man and blah blah blah." Yeah. So, but yeah, this does,
0: this does come back at a late in a later episode. Actually, does it? There's something about this, and he ends up that he's got a uh, time psychosis. As oh, as
1: well as that. yeah, that's ringing a bell. We'll have to we'll have to cover that one as well.
0: Yeah, well, that's quite a good a, a fun jumping about episode. Yeah.
1: Ah, Oh, that one. Yes, uh, it's a good episode. There's a lot of good time travel. I think we're going to be visiting Voyager quite often in this series. Um, And then, obviously, Janeway has to ask him, well, can you just send us back to our own time but keep us in the Alpha Quadrant? And he can't.
0: Which is fair enough. He says he'll uh, interfere with the temporal directive. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, Janeway... He
0: he knows that a lot of stuff's happened with them in the, the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. But then again, he's all, there's already a timeline that's different.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, he's not going to send them back because <laughs> you, the show's done, so yeah.
0: Or, or th- actually, to be fair, the show, the show could have carried on because a lot of Voyager lost the whole point of travelling back to Earth. Yeah, just, they
1: did a bit. It was
0: just random planet of the week. And
1: that's the sort of thing that now, with modern TV... They might take a chance on doing something like that, and just you know, halfway through a season, boom, they're back home. What? Well, and well, run with fair, it.
0: Um, Discovery looks like it's doing that. We've yeah. had two seasons of it being a prequel,
1: and now exactly. And yeah. now
0: suddenly it's uh, it's going to be in front of these temporal.
1: Yeah, guys exactly. That, it,
0: it's the furthest forward we've ever been. So, so. It's,
1: yeah, it's the sort of thing with modern TV they might have tried, but obviously, you know, back in the day of syndication, it's got to be the same setup every week, so you don't confuse yeah. people. But, yeah, like, I mean,
0: this we've one... We've talked about this before, haven't we, that Voyager missed, missed the mark because it should have been a lot rough, dirtier... And it should have been, yeah. ...and coming home. But I was thinking about this, and Voyager's very funny when it was made... It Mm. was sort of on the cusp of when you still use models,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and CGI just coming through, yeah. CGI was (laughs) like your big CGI episodes took most of your weekly, but most of your season budget for a couple of episodes, so you ended up so there was sort of that do you or don't you,
1: yeah. A few
0: years later, when you had a Ronald Moore went on to make Battlestar Galactica. yeah, exactly. See, you had CGI, so you could have the ship get more and more damaged weekly.
1: Exactly, a different story.
0: In, in fact, the same with Enterprise. Enterprise was CGI, so the yes, model it could was. get damaged, and the
1: damage would still be there the and week you after. Can, yeah, exactly. You if can you carry it on a hundred thousand dollar model. To this put is some it. Damage on it. No, exactly, and you know it's one of them things, and I think tonally we weren't quite ready for Battlestar Galactica yet, but we, you know, Ronald D. Moore went yeah, on to do that. But
0: like, it, it's a shame because cs Nine, when you look back on it, shows how Costa were leading the way on literally a whole arc across seasons. Yeah, they were definitely, and that. They weren't brave enough to do the same with Voyager to carry on doing that.
1: No, and it's a shame in some ways. But, you know, you do get great stuff like this, so I'm not going to resent it. No. Um, And, yeah, the episode wraps up. There's a great bit where Tom calls Tuvok a -a (laughs) freakasaurus. Sweet. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody's ever said that, but. Um,
0: uh, Rain, Rain describes that. There we go. Shit. That's where That's she's where got, it, got it, from. it from.
1: Yeah. So no, it's it's a great fun episode. I really enjoyed it, and it is one that you can just watch. You don't have to be doing a, a binge watch of Voyager or anything. You can just no, stick look, this it, one it's on. it's a great
0: standalone. Like I say, if you're not a big fan of Voyager, if you haven't watched any Voyager previously. You could sit down and watch this as a two-parter.
1: Oh, definitely. And enjoy it. Yeah.
0: Enjoy it for what it was. Yeah. You, you don't need to know a lot about the characters previously.
1: No. no it, it works. It's really, really good. And um, yeah, so that's Future's End, as we say. shall we do Year of Hell next time? A bit of a contrast. A bit of a less happy-go-lucky one.
0: Yeah. It, um. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a time travel one, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's time travel. Time travel one.
1: So we'll do Year of Hell next time. Um, So if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, as we keep saying on these shows, if you're a bit bored with lockdown, you fancy trying your hand at podcasting, drop us a line, come on, talk to us about Star Trek for an hour. Uh, If you want to get in touch, we're on Facebook, search for Retrek. We're on Twitter at RetrekPod, or you can email us retrekpod at gmail.com. But thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the Retrek.
0: Thanks, bye-bye.